0: Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy Mike here, and before we get into episode number one hundred and seventy, which was recorded last night, uh, Wednesday night, um, <laughs> a lot of stuff has happened, bro. So I just want—I didn't want to drop this episode without uh, shedding some light on some major, major news that happened. Obviously, the NBA draft is tonight, but a major trade happened right before the draft, and it was the trade between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Wizards. I'm starting to like the Wizards, bro, because. The Wizards, they were the reason that the Lakers were able to get Anthony Davis. They took the contracts of Mo Wagner and um, what's my guy's name? Uh, Isaac Bonga at the time, and they helped us get Anthony Davis. Now tonight, they have helped us form a big three. The Lakers and the Washington Wizards have agreed to a trade that sends Russell Westbrook to the Lakers in exchange for Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrez Harrell, and a first-round pick this year, which is the 22nd pick in the draft. So they got Trez, KCP, Kuzma, and the Lakers got some future seconds. Uh, this just trade, it, what it does for the Lakers is it gives them a third star. Another star that can take some of the load off of LeBron, who's aging, who will be, what, 37 this year. Um, Anthony Davis, who has been pretty brittle. And like if you don't come in shape, man, I don't know what's going to happen. But... Um, went healthy, obviously, you know, many people predicted the Lakers to come out of the West. I sure did. I had the you know Lakers Nets Finals. Um, but now I'm really seeing Lakers Nets Finals. Now, like we got to see it. We got to see Russ and KD for the chips. Um, you know, Harden, LeBron, AD, Kyrie, so many, so many storylines, and it's crazy, bro. Um, but this trade is definitely what the Lakers. I'm not gonna say it's exactly what they needed, but they had to do something. They had to make a move. Um, the league is always changing. It's always improving. Like we just saw, the Phoenix Suns going to run to the NBA Finals. Um, the Clippers, if they keep everybody intact, they'll be back. Uh, they'll still be relevant. Um, the Jazz were a magnificent regular season team. Um, we don't know what the Warriors are gonna be. Um, so the league is always changing, always evolving. We don't know what type of moves the Sixers may make. They might get a package for Ben Simmons. There's so many, you know, variables and moves. And this is crazy. This is huge. Um, LeBron and uh, um, Russ and AD, they're actually all cool. Um, I remember a video, uh, not a video, but after the game, I guess you could say this here on video. um, AD came over to Russ after their game in DC. And Russ was like, AD, that's my brother, man. Uh, Stuff like that. LeBron made a post about how him and Russell Westbrook misunderstood. And it's just crazy, bro. It's just crazy to happen. I'm really, really excited. I'm doing pretty much what I did the last time Russell Westbrook was traded and I had to throw it at the beginning of the episode and that's what I'm doing now. So Russell Westbrook has been traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. The draft is currently going on. It's been It's been a little different from the mock draft me and Bink discussed last night, but I'm happy, man. I'm excited for the, the generation of stars that will that are being born tonight. So it should be fun. Um, also, Major League Baseball news, a big trade just went down. Um, Max Scherzer, pitcher for the Washington Nationals, has been traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers along with shortstop Trey Turner, um, one of the best shortstops in the league. And they have been traded for four prospects, a couple of guys um, that aren't really, you know, don't really have, you know, big names. But um, they've been traded, man. Um, Max Scherzer pitched his last game today at 1 well, o'clock. I think it was a 12 o'clock game. No, it was the first game of a doubleheader. And he is now being traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers, a rival in the National League. But um, he gets to compete. Um, The Nationals, if they were healthy, they would be competing. But injuries, COVID, stuff like that has pretty much derailed the team. Now he gets to pitch on a star-studded team like the Dodgers. The rich get richer, man. Uh, The Yankees also picked up first baseman Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs today via trade. Um, Trade deadline ends tomorrow, I believe. And that's pretty much it. But Max Scherzer um, is going to go down as the greatest free agent acquisition in D.C. sports history. While he was here, he won two Cy Young Awards and also won MVP. Not MVP, but also won a World Series. So that's that, man. But hope you guys enjoyed the episode with my guy, my brother, the 15-year-old Phenom. That's the little bro. That's the brother I never had. And enjoy, guys. Thank you so much. Enjoy 170. (laughs)
1: Being Steph Curry with the shot being cooking with the sauce Chef
0: Curry with the pot, boy Live from the 301 Live from the pie I want to welcome my audience To episode number 170 of Curry in the Pie That's crazy, man 170 of Curry in the Pie I'm your host, I'm your guy Mike Curry I'm back for another episode, man Last week I dropped the episode, man I talked about the Milwaukee Bucks Becoming NBA champions I talked about Giannis uh, Being the finals MVP And I just talked about his overall dominance And I just Shout out to the whole Milwaukee Bucks for getting the job done. You know, coming back down from 2-0. And y'all know how I feel about the Sun, so. (laughs) Y'all know how I feel about the Sun, so kind of glad it happened. But all biasness aside, man, shout out to Giannis, man. You know, he dropped the 50 piece in route to winning an NBA championship. And just shout out to the whole Milwaukee Bucks, man. Shout out to the whole team. Uh, I talked to Stisley about P.J. Tucker a little bit, man. How he reminds me of myself on the court. But yeah, man, if you missed last week's episode, make sure I go check it out. Kind of old news. You know, the Olympics are going. They're firing all cylinders right now. Um, But yeah, man, if you missed it, man, make sure you go check it out, man. So it wasn't a long episode, maybe about 20 minutes. So if you missed it, go do me a solid. Go run up the views. Go run up the plays. And yeah, get me. But we are here, man. Episode number 170. And tomorrow is the NBA draft. I'm recording on Wednesday night just for the people that's watching and listening. recording on Wednesday night. And the NBA draft is tomorrow, and we will have the birth of a new generation—a bunch of young stars seeing their dreams come true. And the NBA draft will be right here, right upon us. And like I said, man, we had the birth of some new stars, and you know, hopefully, some Hall of Fame players and NBA champions—you know—in the near future. But I'm not here alone, as you can see in the title, you can see in the description. I'm not here alone. I usually don't do episodes like this by myself. Um, I just. I don't know man, because I'm not a mock draft type of person in any sport, but it's always cool to talk about stuff like this, you know, amongst a group of people or amongst another person. And I'm here, man, fan favorite, favorite of the show. I got my guy, man, the 15-year-old phenom, Bink, uh, who was soon to be 16, be 16 in October. But Bink, what's going on, bro? How you doing?
1: Um, I'm doing good, you know, just been living life. It's been summer, The uh-huh. glad school's Enjoy. out.
0: I remember those days, man, you know, just being a teenager. And the summer is like everything, bro. It's it's really everything, man. It's the only time you really get to do you completely. But I feel it, man. So, you know, I'm glad you're doing good. But let's hop right into it, man. We got the NBA draft starting tomorrow. And I'm not even saying starting tomorrow. It is tomorrow. It's only one day. It's not like the NFL where it's a three day thing. You know, both uh, rounds one and two are tomorrow. And we're going to talk about it, man. I I know you got a mock draft prepared. And we're just going to talk about the draft and you know these interesting prospects and you know who you think can be a star in the making and stuff like that. We're also going to talk about um all the coaching vacancies are finally filled, I believe the Washington Wizards were the last team to fill that vacancy. And we also got um Aaron Rodgers news, um, Simone Biles news, I want to dabble into just briefly, um, Deshaun Watson news. So let's let's get right into it, man. Let's not waste any more time. NBA draft is tomorrow, Bing. Tell us about your mock draft. Let's get it.
1: So number one, going to the Detroit Pistons. He started.
0: He, no. he got right into it, bro. He didn't even. <laughs> he didn't even give us no background. He just got. He just hopped right into it. Bro, bro said, "Let's go." I said, <laughs> "I said, let's get the mock draft going." Bro said, Kay Cunningham, number one."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even get to that yet, but yeah, Kay Cunningham, number one. He's a do it all guard. He's six foot eight. He's he. he this is the second straight. This draft the top, especially the top 3 of this draft reminds me a lot of the top 3 of last year's draft. You got a you got a star in Cade Cunningham who's a taller guard and I'll get to the other players. Remind there. the people of last year's draft real quick cuz so last, last, last year's draft, TV the 2020 the... the 2020 NBA draft. Going into it, we had three guys. We were we were sure one might go one, but we didn't know the order of the other two. Number 1 was Anthony Edwards. He was a score first uh-huh. guard who at the time didn't look like to be a plus defender, still not a plus defender. Sort of does remind
0: me of last year's draft. Now that you talk
1: about it. Number two, number two in last year's draft, we had James Wiseman, who was a center. He hasn't really, he hasn't really been able to play. He's been hurt for most of the year, but he's also looked at a talent that could turn into an all-star. And number three in last year's draft, we had the taller <laughs> guard, LaMelo, LaMelo! Ball. So that's my LaMelo guy. LaMelo
0: Ball, the rookie of the year. We got to shout yep. it out, man. LaMelo Ball, that's my guy. Uh, For you people watching and listening, I told y'all LaMelo Ball would be a star. I told you guys. I said I said said he's going to be the best ball brother. Y'all probably thought it was all biasness because how I feel about Lonzo Ball, but he's the best one and it makes sense and you guys have seen it. I saw him play in person. God just looks like, bro, Guy's been a pro for a while if you think about it. He's been a pro for years, so I'm not surprised to see what he's He's doing. He's playing in Lithuania. Yep, And then Australia. So I'm not, I'm not freaking surprised. His rookie year did not surprise me. Although I would have liked to see a co-rookie a co- of the year because I thought Anthony Edwards balled out the second half as opposed to LaMelo Ball, who bought out the first half of the uh, rookie season. But it's nice to hear there, LaMelo, my man Melo Dip, <laughs> he got the rookie of the year. But Bing, let's get right into it. Go back to, you know, what we're here to discuss, 2021. Number
1: two, going to the Houston Rockets. Uh-huh. Before you
0: talk about that, I want to talk about Kate Cunningham. And you now I feel like this draft is good. You know, you got guys like Evan Mobley, who I'm sure you're going to get to, um, Jalen Green, Jalen Suck, but Kate Cunningham is different. He's unique. He's six foot eight, as you mentioned. And the game is all about a bucket. I just don't think, you know, I'm sure if Kate Cunningham wasn't coming out, the Pistons would probably go Evan Mobley just because, from what I'm hearing, he's like, I've heard things like Anthony Davis type of skill, but that remains to be seen. I didn't really see that at USC. But K. Cunningham at the the this game is about block. This game is about perimeter play. It's about guard play. This at least this age of the NBA is all about that. And Kay Cunningham certainly fits the bill. Um, I like what the Pistons have done in recent draft when I mean, they drafted Killian Hayes, who played pretty much the end of the season. But I like They also drafted Sadiq Bay last year. You no, know, yeah, and they, they got Sadiq Bay last year. They got um Jeremy Grant over in free agency. This could be like, nice, you know, young, young team, and I think they could definitely I'm gonna say do significant damage, but they
1: could definitely catch a couple of people off guard, but uh, continue. So number two, this might be, if not my favorite prospect in the draft, I have Jalen Green going to the Houston Rockets from the G League. This man is a gifted, gifted scorer. He can't really play much defense, but he has so much scoring upside. And I feel like he can be an all-star in the league for years to come.
0: I like Jalen Green. Um, he was originally supposed to go to UCLA, but he decided to um, just go straight to the G League. He was like the, when the conversation started, he was amongst the, like, the first to like, kind of like make it a trend type of thing. Mm-hmm. Go to the G League and, um, you know, the, the film doesn't lie, bro. I mean, he saw, you know, I'm not, I'm only going to be in college for one year. I'm going to go to the G League and get paid. Although they've, the NCAA has since changed the rules around and likeness- And you went, could
1: argue it's better competition in G League. And
0: you can argue that too. You know, obviously the NCAA changed rules and likeness and stuff, players can get paid, but he still wanted to reap those benefits anyways to get him paid. Um, but he went straight to the G League and I like it for him, man. I, I, li- I really like Jalen Green, I like, I like his game a lot.
1: Number three, as I said, the last of the big three, is Evan Mobley, the center from USC. He can get it done on both ends of the floor. He can he can really defend the rim, um, from what I know at least I know he has a mid range but I don't know I don't think he can extend to the three point line yet that's why I'm kind of confused about those Anthony Davis things but he could put the ball on the floor a little he can score Boy, team man, he can Anthony defend his place for. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was about when you said the Pistons signed Jeremy Grant free agency I was about to say something about Mason Plumley and Jahlil for, but then I stopped myself. <laughs> But yeah, Evan Mobley to the Cavs. I don't think Jared Allen is as good of a player for you to say, let me pass on Evan Mobley for him. But I do have a feeling the Cavs might mess this up because they do have Jared Allen. I, I I don't know why. I just have a feeling that they might mess this up.
0: I can see it, man. And it, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers organization. I'll see that.
1: Um, At number four, I have the Toronto Raptors who lucked in this pick. They have- They, they super
0: out. lucked into this pick. I'm gonna be honest, bro. They locked into this
1: ping. and they get pretty much their Kyle Lowry replacement here, in Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs can do it all. He can pass, he can shoot, he can defend, and he's six four, which is great because you have Fred VanVleet in that backcourt who's six one. So mm-hmm. he can make up. He makes up for what Fred VanVleet doesn't do, and I think he can be a really good player. I don't. I don't think he can turn into a superstar, but I think he'll just be like an all star level player.
0: Before you move on, the Raptors are in a unique position. They could trade this pick. They can also take Jalen Sucks, who's a bona fide, you know, not going to say bona fide star, but he he was a star on the collegiate level at Gonzaga. We saw what he could do hitting the game winning shot, and, you know, in the NCAA tournament and stuff like that. The Toronto Raptors, they're a team that, as you mentioned, you mentioned these other teams, the Pistons, the Cavaliers. Um, the Rockets. They don't necessarily belong in that same conversation. Yeah. Yeah. This is a team that just won a championship a couple of years ago. I know they had Kawhi Leonard, but this is a team that was a perennial playoff contender year in and year out before Kawhi Leonard even joined this team. I know they had the in, but I'm just saying like... Even, Brown,
1: even the year after they lost Kawhi Leonard, they exactly, were still the second seed in the East.
0: That's exactly what I'm alluding to. The year after they didn't have... They had a drop off, but it wasn't like significant. It wasn't like, oh my god, these guys are horrible. Like they went to the second round against the Celtics, and they then ultimately lost a series in seven. But you know, they almost got back to the Eastern Conference
1: Finals. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I'm not gonna say they would have But lost last, year, but they, last year for them was such a weird year. They had to play in Tampa last year. They it went was home. weird. Yeah, it was sure,
0: surely was weird. But like I said, yeah. the Raptors are in a unique situation. Not like I said, they're not a horrible team like these other three teams that are at the front of the draft. But yeah, continue.
1: Um, At number five, I have the Orlando Magic selecting Scottie Barnes forward from Florida State. Um, This pick is between Barnes and Kuminga. And yeah, that's if, what I was gonna ask. if the Magic didn't have Jonathan Isaac, I would have said Kuminga, but I think they're leaning on more of the offensive guy than Scottie Barnes who can also play defense. Scotty Barnes is more of a two-way, while Kuminga, you know he has a defense, but you don't know if his offense is going to catch up. And I'd rather think Orlando would or rather take a chance on Scottie Barnes. For sure. Yeah. I think
0: I thought Kuminga just simply because the Magic like these project type of players, you know, the, the Mo Bambas, the John Isaacs, um, even, you know, via trade, Markel Falls kind of a project player because...
1: I mean, but the only one that really worked out for them was John Isaac.
0: Was John Isaac? Yeah, because Mo Bamba looks to be on his way out in the near future. um Aaron Gordon was kind of a project because he was just looked at as a lob threat, and he sort of expanded his game to an extent. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. I would like to see Scotty Barnes just end up. I can't really say right team, right fit, but the magic would be cool. Scotty Barnes is a. He's not. I'm not going to say he's a Giannis Ben Simmons, but he's that type of player because he can rebound, block shots, defend, and he can he can actually shoot better than Ben Simmons. He can actually shoot it a little bit. He can create his own shot. Um, But he he will shoot. That's the thing. In terms of the versatility, I compare him to like a Giannis or Ben Simmons, just because he's versatile. He's like six. A lot of
1: people say Draymond Green.
0: And Draymond Green as well, another versatile player, but he's like 6'8", he can play the point. He's like a point forward type of player, but he can create his own shot. So I like Scottie Barnes. I'm really really intrigued to see how his career trajectory pans out.
1: At number six, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder drafting Jonathan Kuminga, as we alluded to, the forward. He also was teammates with Jalen Green in the G League. Um, but the Thunder, here's one thing with the Thunder. They always get these project players, but they always seem to work out a little bit. And we talking about Lou Dort. Um, the only one that probably didn't was Diallo, who I think he I think he's with Detroit now or somewhere. Terrence Ferguson was even shooting threes towards the end of his stint. If you want to go Thunder.
0: way back, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, Serge Ibaka. They, Cephalo, they, those
1: guys were... Cephalo, from, those yes, guys they always good, have these good. guys, but they always seem to work out if they go to OKC. So I think Q, OKC will be a great spot for Kuminga. He could stretch the floor. I mean, well, if he's able to. He can stretch the floor next to guys like Shea, Lou Dort, Darius Bailey, you know, my guy Poku. Uh-huh. But yeah. Like what do you think about Kimengo?
0: I don't know too much about him. I just, like I said, these foreigners, they're like, it's a, it's a crap shoot. <laughs> and, 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 and like the bar is obviously Luka, Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash. And then the floor is like to be. Mario Darko up. Milicic Darko Milicic that's the floor but I think he could be in like the middle because I mean the NBA he, has become a more international game anyway so I, I, I don't see him as being a bust you know what I'm saying I, I
1: think mean. he has a low uh, but if he I think he has the lowest floor in the class I agree he can either be Stanley Johnson or Jonathan Isaac it's no other
0: <laughs> Stanley Johnson that's funny who kind of carved out a role in the Raptors too yeah. Um,
1: at number seven, I have a trade.
0: Are you breaking up a little bit? Hmm? Are you breaking up a little um, bit? Go right, ahead. You say you had a trade. Um, Go ahead.
1: I said I have a trade, but I know this trade won't particularly happen. But I love it for both sides, and it. I was talking to you a little bit about. It I know time. about this. So, the Warriors—they're looking for a star, and to waste these picks on players who will be backups you can't play the future and also play the present because that's what the Packers are trying to do and we see where that's getting them not to compare the two sports but yeah mm-hmm. so I have the Warriors sending picks 7 14 and Andrew Wiggins to the Heat for Jimmy Butler so you might ask why will the Heat do this well the Heat's championship window is clearly over and one thing I know we saw more brother, so
0: than ever this past season
1: yeah Pat Riley is aware of where his team is at in the grand scheme of things. So I'm like, he might be willing to pull the trigger on this trade, but I don't know. But for the Heat, if you look at all their guys, you have Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, and then you have Goran Dragic, Trevor Ariza, Jimmy Butler, um, Iggy. Well, Iggy, Trevor Ariza are both off the team after this year. Mm-hmm. The only one of those like older, older guys left you have is Jimmy Butler. And since he hasn't demanded a trade or you haven't publicly said that you're gonna trade him, this is when you could get the most out of him. And I agree. Seven and fourteen is a lot, but especially for a team like the Warriors, they'll be willing to give it. And
0: yep. considering on their roster remaining, yep.
1: This can start a little bit of a retool if you want to say rebuild for the Heat and with this pick i have them selecting james booknight the guard from uconn i feel like he could fit well next to tyler like hero
0: like his game
1: tyler hero even if you don't bring back duncan robinson he will be able to fit well next to him um Ben out i think would benefit from him too i think he's just a really good player
0: okay i want to play devil's advocate a little bit so if this this trade doesn't happen what do you think the warriors do i know the warriors are a team that are shopping their picks so It's kind of tough to say. I can't definitively say, oh, they're not going to trade. You know what I'm saying? I can't say it's not going to happen because they've been trying to do this the last couple of years. They tried to do it last year with the second pick. They've been trying to do this for a while just to get back to what they once were or at least a semblance of what they once were. But I want to play devil's advocate. If they don't pull this trade off, what do the Warriors do with this pick at number seven?
1: So I think whatever the Warriors do, if they if they pick at number seven, it's gonna be viewed as a reach because they'll pick a guy that more kind of fits a mold rather than the best guy available. So mm-hmm. one of the guys that come to mind is Moses Moody from Arkansas, who yeah. I think, can't, yeah, he's he's an absolute he, bucket. but He's a bucket getter. But at his absolute floor, he's a three and D wing. And you need those on championship teams. But even if he hits his potential, he can be a absolute scorer next to Steph and Klay Thompson.
0: I feel like his floor is Cam Reddish, from what we've seen, but I, I really like Moses Moody's game, I really do. But uh, let's go ahead and continue uh, number eight. What you like?
1: So number eight, this is another Magic pick. This is the one they got from the Bulls in the Bucevich trade. Mm-hmm. Um. You know it's the magic so we really don't know what they're gonna do but i have them selecting josh giddy a prospect who's been getting a lot of hype he's from he's overseas too he's from australia he's a playmaking guard that's strictly what he is he can't really space the floor but he's six eight as well so you see where we're kind of going with this but he's a playmaking guard but he can shoot the mid-range he can he can't he wouldn't. He's not. That's when he's creating for himself. But he can create like a mid-range shot or a driving layup for himself. But he could definitely drive and kick and get guys like Cole Anthony shots or, I guess in this case, Scotty Barnes shots. Mm-hmm. So, um, to move on, at the ninth pick we have the Sacramento Kings and they can go a bunch of different ways here. But
0: I feel like the Kings were a loser in this lottery. Yeah they i feel like which they've always been they've never had the number one pick yeah
1: yeah but for the kings i think it's more of getting skill around De'Aaron fox than actual um upside we've seen what they've done with the upside and marvin bagley and a bunch of other guys who are probably nick stauskas like they Mm, they don't do well with guys with <laughs> <Man. laughs> gotta came to my head. They don't do well with, <laughs> I heard in with guys with upside, but they do, do <laughs> well with guys with skill. That's De'Aaron Fox, that's Tyrese Halliburton, and I have them getting another guy with skill, and that's Franz Wagner from Michigan. I like um, him. He can be a wing because we don't know what's gonna happen with Buddy Hill. Harrison Barnes is not your future, so he can be your future three. He can he he prides himself on defense, so he can play defense next to De'Aaron and Tyrese, who can already good defenders, and he can space the floor a little bit. Mm.
0: Um,
1: at number ten, this is the this pick now belongs to the Grizzlies after the Valanciunas trade. Yeah, just went down. Yeah, I forgot I forgot to
0: mention that. Um, we got a trade. Um, pretty much involved Valanciunas, Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, and basically it's a bunch of picks going around. A bunch of picks. Uh, Lakers pick from next year is involved, stuff like that. But go ahead. I,
1: and by the way, I don't like that trade for the Grizzlies. I was gonna say
0: first of all, me and B Jones were talking about it uh, when it happened. I, that trade just seemed like an unnecessary trade for both. Yeah. <laughs> like no, no, okay, no I, like I, don't, know I, like I don't know what to think. I like. I don't know what to think. Because I like you know I like Valanciunas. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I mean, him and Stephen Adams are comparable players, but it's just like. All at least
1: Jonas can stretch the
0: floor for Zion. At least Jonas can stretch the floor, which I like for the Pelicans, but go ahead. Yeah, with the 10th pick. And the Pelicans did create some cap flexibility. They can mm-hmm. either match whatever offer Lazo Ball gets, or I'm hearing they could potentially pursue Kyle Lowry.
1: Eric Bledsoe won't be a Grizzly for long.
0: Yeah, and I'm hearing Eric Bledsoe. He
1: might be off the team tomorrow. I'm
0: hearing his tenure will not last on the
1: Grizzly. He might be off the team tomorrow for being serious. Good good but um, with the 10th pick I the Memphis Grizzlies Selecting Moses Moody A guy we alluded to From Arkansas Who's an absolute bucket And if he reaches His full potential Which a lot of Grizzlies Guys do He honestly Could be a second star Next to John Morant
0: mm.
1: But Like we said If he doesn't at, at his floor He is a 3 and D wing And John Morant Is a really good Playmaker And he can drive a lot So he'll find Moody Open in the corner For, some for sure Um, the 11th pick belongs to the Charlotte Hornets and I have them selecting Kai Jones big from Texas
0: Um,
1: (laughs) that's the last hand he's another guard Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jalen Smith from last year I just think his game is a little bit more refined than Jalen Smith's is Mm -hmm. Um, he 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 also reminds me a little bit of Jaron Jackson in a sense where you can shoot. I
0: like shoot. that, I like, I like that, I really like that comparison.
1: He can shoot and block shots, but at least coming into the league, he's not a sniper from downtown, but uh-huh. he can still space the floor to the point where it's not like, oh, I just don't have to guard him. But he's also a lob threat for LaMelo. And I think he could fit really well with the Hornets young core.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I moving, like moving on with the 12th pick, I have the San Antonio Spurs selecting. I, I'm gonna I'm get this name right. Alperen Shangun. he's a center from Turkey. He reminds me a lot of Demontis Sabonis and the fact that he is an he's an elite post player, mm-hmm. but he's not that good of a defender. But around better defenders, he will look like a good defender. And. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a guy the Spurs need. They need an inside presence down there. They lost Lamarcus Aldridge. They really only have Yaka Pirtle, and that's it.
0: That's true. That's true, because um, Keldon Johnson, who is not really a natural four, played a lot of the four. And also Rudy Gay off the bench was playing a Even
1: lot DeMar, DeRozan DeMar DeRozan played some four the
0: Even DeMar DeRozan started games at the four. So, yeah, I agree.
1: All right. At 13, we have a guy that might slip to some people. And... I have the pace of selecting Davion Mitchell, guard from Baylor. Um, one thing that I think causes him to slip is his age. But he he can defend. So he can the people, let the people know how old he is. Um Davion Mitchell, I believe he is he twenty two or twenty-two, right?
0: I'm gonna check that out real quick.
1: I believe he's twenty-two. And he's also like short as I don't know what. He's like he's listed at six two, but it's no way he's six, he's six foot at most.
0: Davion Mitchell is 22, he's six foot Will turn 23 in September So right before the okay. season
1: starts So he will be 23 before this season There's another guy in his draft class who's old as I don't know what
0: um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Davion Mitchell He's 22, he's a guard from Baylor He can play some defense He reminds me a lot of Donovan Mitchell But you know, Donovan Mitchell's his favorite player um, that's why he wears number forty-five. Yeah. Yep. That's why he wears number forty-five. He can create his own shot, and he could be a sneaky good guy for the Pacers off the bench. We don't know where where the Pacers are gonna go. They can they can go into a rebuild and trade Brogden and Sabonis, or they could just you know play it out one more year, let Rick Carlisle get his feet wet, and then decide what they want to do with the team.
0: Good
1: stuff. Um, the last
0: pick of the lottery.
1: With the last pick of the lottery this pick goes to the heat in the Jimmy Butler trade that I have mocked. And with this pick, I have the heat selecting Jalen Johnson forward from Duke. And this is more of not even a fit thing. This is just a talent thing. He's, he's not, he's talented enough to go in the lottery. Let's, let's be real. I,
0: would, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, for and, who don't know Jalen Johnson um, was looked at to be like a higher pick than this coming into the year obviously duke did meet expectations um duke hasn't really been relatively that good um since the zion teams but um you know he was looked upon to be like a, a star and you know be drafted higher than this um i heard a comparison a while ago that he was like ben simmons with a jump shot now he's not necessarily the best shooter but he can He's he's willing enough to shoot. Yeah, he can ben knock Simmons. it down. He was like You don't know Ben Simmons will not shoot the ball. Yeah. But uh Ben Simmons with a jump shot is what I've heard, just from a pure playmaking perspective. And um this was a guy who also um like ended his season early on his own terms, like in January, and just decided to start getting ready for the draft. Yeah,
1: but Jalen Johnson, I think on the heat he can be kind of like a star of that second unit mm-hmm. per se. Um, I
0: don't really got much more To say about him though. Okay Um. So uh, back to The original point If the Warriors do not trade um, What do you think They would do with this pick But I think If they don't trade seven They're definitely They're
1: trading definitely 14.
0: trading 14 They There's no way They keep both tomorrow night. Right So um, we We kind of don't know We kind of don't know That's why these mock drafts Are always tricky But You know They're always fun to do Just from the simple fact You know You kind of want to Measure yourself And you know, you know Over time See you know what you have right, who you think is going to be a star, who you think is going to be good, who you think is going to be bad. And just look at the logistics of, you know, what you had, you know, crafted out.
1: For the Warriors at 15, I like three guys who are all kind of knocked to be a little bit outside of We're the lottery.
0: We only doing a lottery, but you can go ahead and hop into it.
1: Yeah, outside of the lottery. And that's Zaire Williams. He's a small forward from Stanford. He's a 3-and-D guy. He's that's like- an intriguing
0: prospect, so I'm glad you talked about him. Let's mm-hmm. go.
1: Um, in my mock drive,
0: I'm going to the Wizards at the literal pick outside of. The I league. heard
1: Magic were
0: interested him at what they have eighth? He's not going eighth. <laughs> I, I saw him. I saw it on Bleaky Report
1: though. <laughs> he's he's not going eighth. Um, he went,
0: another um, guy went to uh, Sierra Canyon. That's the school that Bronny James goes to. Um, and he was supposed to be a lot better than what he was. He was like the mm-hmm. rated fourth ranked player coming out of high school. And decided to go to Stanford, um, hurt his knee a little bit, but never really. Uh, the potential is obviously still there. No, I'll mm-hmm. just say
1: that. Um, The other, well, one of the other two guys that I have that if the Warriors keep this pick, they'll take. It's Corey Kispert. He's a forward from Gonzaga. He can flat out shoot. That's people. the
0: dude that was doing like the KISS stuff after he scored, right? That's him? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. I and like last, him though. I like
0: his game. I like his game. I'm not gonna lie.
1: And the last guy I have is Trey Murphy the third. Well, before I get into Trey Murphy, I had Corey Kispert going to the Pelicans at 17. But the last guy I have is Trey Murphy the third. I'm going to the Knicks at 19. And he's he's from Virginia. Flat out three and D. My comparison for him is last year's Sadiq Bay. That's they're literally the same player. They're both 6'8. They both play defense. They both can shoot very well. They're literally the same player.
0: Okay. Um we're not talking about um, Lottery anymore um, I want to talk about What do you think The Lakers are going to do With their pick They have the 22nd pick
1: Um. So in my mock draft I have the Lakers Shipping that pick out But You can go ahead Alright I have the Lakers Shipping that pick out But if you want to know What I think they're going to do I think they're going to take One of the guards In this draft They're going to go late, late, Later in the draft Either Jared Butler Sharif Cooper Um, Ayo Dusumo Josh Primo Like there's a lot of guards That are probably Going to go later In the draft I heard
0: Ayo's name Ayo Dusumo I heard his name Yeah
1: Jaden Springer There's a lot of guards That are going to go Late first round Early second round That I think the Lakers Could take But I have them Shipping this pick out Alongside Kyle Kuzma In two seconds To the magic For Gary Harris And (laughs) Gary Harris, That's funny (laughs) <laughs> Gary Harris and Terrence Ross, so I think could be two key role players for this. I would actually like that. I
0: wouldn't be opposed to that
1: at all. Um,
0: another prospect I want to ask you about. We talked about this. What do you make of Sharif Cooper? Where do you have him falling to? Um, for those who don't know, Sharif Cooper is a guy I've been a fan of for a while. have been a couple of years. I want to say at least three years. I've been. I've known about him at least. Um, I was at my guy Darius' house. This is a true story. He was watching a highlight video, and it was Sharif Cooper. I didn't know who it was at the time. He had it in the full screen that you can't see when you're watching the highlights. I said, Yo, who was this? He said, Sharif Cooper. He said, Where's he going? He said, He's going to Auburn. I was like, Auburn. In my head, I'm like, Why? But, you know, he went to Auburn, kind of had some issues going on. Um, he didn't see the floor, you know, when he first got there. And um, he only played about, I want to say 10 to 12 games and then he was back to not playing. But um, Sharif Cooper is a guy who has elite court vision. Um, he can score it. Um, he's a little bit undersized, not necessarily the best defender, but I love his, I I absolutely love this guy's game. I love his court vision. I love his ability to create for others and for himself. Just Hear me out. If you don't know who he is, go
1: watch his highlights. You won't be disappointed. But back to you, babe. So, Sharif Cooper, he's a quick-shifty guard, as you noted, from Auburn. He can't really shoot as well as you probably want a six-foot guard to, but he can definitely get to the basket and finish over the trees with the best of them. I have him falling to the Rockets at 22. And one thing I think if he could go to the Rockets, he can learn very well behind John Ball.
0: He don't need to learn. He, he can start right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, he can learn very well behind John Wall. And him, that would be a very exciting team if him, KPJ, and Jalen Green all end up going to the Rockets. That team would be very fast-paced.
0: All right, cool. That was some good stuff. Um, let's finish off with the NBA and hop into these coaching vacancies. And um, well, not coaching vacancies—they've been filled. Um, but um, the first—the first one I want to talk about is actually about your team. And um, the Celtics—they obviously they had a weird—they had a weird transition from head coach. Um, obviously, you know, and everyone should know by now, um, Brad Stevens went from the front office. He replaced Danny Ainge, who stepped down. And Brad Stevens has now taken his role, which is president of basketball operations. He's no longer the coach. And they decided to hire Aimee Udoka. Um, ben, what do you think about this hire? And obviously, I'm going to talk about the minorities who were able to get, you know, their first-time head coaching gigs. But let's talk about Aimee Udoka.
1: Aimee um, Udoka, he he used to coach Team USA. And at least from what i read, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum extremely liked him. So he was a front runner for the job.
0: For the others, um, I want to, uh, for the people watching, for the audience, he was, um, he's was under Greg Popovich for a number of years, um, just spent time under um, Steve Nash with Brooklyn this past season. But he was, he was like a Greg, he's a Greg Popovich disciple, let me just say that.
1: Yeah, he's a Greg Popovich guy. So I'm, I'm supposed to like him until proven otherwise. Um, I just feel like he's going to be just a decent coach. I don't think
0: the change of coach is what we needed, it, though. It's personnel on the court. For sure. All right. Um, other vacancy that was filled was the Indiana Pacers job. Um, the Pacers, they they obviously had a disconnected head coach. Um, there's, literally, there's literal footage that you can watch where their players are not getting along with this head coach. They kind of quit on this head coach. You know, it sucks that a coach can only get one year, but... Um, when the locker room, you're not vibing with the player. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to get rid of the coach than it is to get rid of all the players. So. And
1: another weird thing about this situation that everybody was hurt for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Brogdon missed some time. Sabonis missed some time. Turner missed some time. T.J. Warren missed time. We all don't know
0: about the Karis Levert missing time. But T.J. Warren was reportedly getting his surgery because he didn't want to play for this guy. So that just says it all. That just says everything you need to know. And just a quick, you know, summary but they elected to hire head coach Rick Carlisle, who spent a number of years with the Dallas Mavericks, obviously won a championship. Um, I like Rick Carlisle, but I guess it, it it was just time to go. Him and the Mavericks mutually agreed to part ways, but Rick Carlisle is back in Indiana where he spent a number of years as an assistant under Larry Bird. And I've always viewed Rick Carlisle as a top five coach. I don't know about you, Bink, I don't know about everybody else, but I've always viewed him as a pretty elite coach. Um, just because the stuff that he can do in the postseason, like when the Mavericks won the championship, who in the hell said the Mavericks were gonna win the championship? That year, 2011, we thought we were gonna get a Lakers Heat Finals. That's what we quite frankly thought, you know, or even, <laughs> you know, the Spurs were good and stuff like that. But the Mavericks were able to run the table with an NBA championship. So that automatically elevated Rick Carlisle into being an elite coach for me. And I think, you know, with some, you know, moves, you know, the Pacers can go back to being the Pacers that we've seen be, you know, a formidable force in the East. But the East is tough, man. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philadelphia.
1: And they uh, tried to take somebody from Philadelphia.
0: And they did. Atlanta's up and coming. Um, we saw what they did, you know, making the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, the East is, the East doesn't, it's, it doesn't look as sexy, but the teams are pretty good. But uh, what do you think about this hire?
1: Um, Rick Carlisle, you know, I always thought he was a good coach. Um, even what he did with Luca in such short time, making two playoff appearances, but basically Luca, Chris stops for half a year, and then basically nobody else on the team. I think he's he's a really good coach. He's a really good offensive mind. Um, the Pacers can be very well back in the playoffs next year, back in like the four fifty, like they always seem to be.
0: I dig it. Um, another coach. Um, We've got a couple of first-time head coaches. We got Jamal Mosley for uh, getting the coaching job for the Orlando Magic. Um, I don't really know too much about him, but I'm just happy a black man is getting the opportunity. So I want to just say that real quick. Yeah, I don't
1: know much about him either, but anybody who's taking that coaching job should have, you need to act the front office for at least three to four years with with the way the Magic are looking
0: right now. I agree. Um, another guy who's getting an opportunity is Wes Unsell Jr., um, who has ties to the Washington Wizards organization. Um, his dad, Wes Unsell Sr., obviously played a number of years. Um, was a rebounding machine for the Wizards during his playing days. Um, you know, rest in peace to him. But um, his son is now getting a job. It's a surreal opportunity, I'm sure, for him. Um, he was the associate head coach of the Denver Nuggets, um, this past season and for a couple of years. Um, obviously, he's going to look to bring some of that. Um, you know some of the tutelage that he learned from Mike Malone, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that man because Scott Brooks just wasn't it. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. He
1: backed up
0: Scott Brooks and got him out of there for sure. Um, let's move on another coaching um, vacancy that was still was the Portland Trailblazers. Well, this one was interesting for a number of reasons. Um, Damian Lillard, he wanted Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd did not want Damian Lillard, I guess you could say. Didn't <laughs> want the trailblazer job. Um they ended up hiring Chauncey Billups, who was an assistant under Tyron Lou and as you know, NBA champion, finals MVP, um, been a point guard for a number of years. Um, he's had that coaching experience? Yeah. Um so I I I like this fit. I like I like the job for him. I'm glad he's getting the opportunity. And I'm excited to see what he can bring. Uh, what do you think about this one?
1: Um, I don't even know for Portland as well. I don't even know if it's more about the coach and more about what they do. In the- it's more about what they do in the front office and put the pieces around him. But I think Jason Kidd, he's a he's a good enough coach. He He's a good coach. I don't think he pushes them over the table just like I don't think Terry Stoss pushes them over the table. But he's, he's not going to make them horrible. All
0: right, for sure. And... We also got um, Jason Kidd, um, going to be the coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Spent the last couple of years he as an a- coach under um, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, he had a couple of opportunities as a head coach. He coached the Milwaukee Bucks. He coached the Brooklyn Nets. He was part of the infamous. Uh, I'm over my drink, so we can get an extra time out. Um, but I think Jason Kidd spending those years as an assistant was 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 beneficial to him and i think this time he's got, i'm not gonna say take the mavericks by storm and just lead them and uh, leaps and bounds but i think those number of years where he wasn't a head coach um will will strongly benefit him and to you know his future i'm gonna
1: keep it a being which i was just tripping i you just said Jason Kidd wasn't the coach of the Trailblazers but I was talking about Jason Kidd like he was the coach of the Trailblazers and then you said Maverick and then it just confused me yeah Chauncey, but right.
0: the, yeah, Chauncey uh, Billups it's,
1: it's, cause I said,
0: it's cause I said the Trailblazers wanted uh, Jason it was the yeah. Dame wanted uh, uh, Jason Kidd
1: yeah but I, I I knew I knew it though That's
0: you knew it. that but you were still saying Jason Kidd <laughs> yeah but alright
1: Jason Kidd's the coach of the Mavericks alright okay alright
0: just just keep going alright um and the last coach in vacancy that was still is Willie Green, who's uh, spent a number of years as a player, um, pretty much a role player, into the bench type of guy, um, was under head coach Monty Williams, who I think is an excellent coach with the Phoenix Suns. He's getting the head coaching job of the New Orleans Pelicans. Like I said, a bunch of minorities getting their first opportunities. I truly love to see it. That's pretty much what I wanted to talk about in this segment with just the opportunity is right in front of these coaches, and Willie Green is going to be the next coach of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. I don't really have too much, but I'm just glad to see another guy, another African American, get in the head coaching job. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. I want to talk. I don't want to talk too much about this. These next couple of topics, I don't really want to talk too much, but I want to talk about Simone Biles real quick. Um, obviously, the, the gymnast um, who has decided to withdraw from the Olympics. And for some odd reason, I, she's getting backlash about this. And I don't understand it. You now we're in a world where mental health is very prevalent and she's deciding to take care of her mental health. You know, I think it is extremely tough to be a woman, not just a black woman, but a woman. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, We all know about pregnancy. We all know women have to carry a child for nine months. We all know the struggles that women in general go through, especially black women. But she's decided to take the onus upon herself and focus on her mental health, and I just love to see it. Uh, Simone Biles, we love you. I don't, I don't understand why you're taking unfair heat, but you know, stuff can weigh on you. You're in the spotlight, especially the Olympic spotlight. You're in the spotlight, and it's just tough. But you know, my thoughts are with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm wishing you, you know, I'm wishing you the best, speedy recovery, and just, just wishing you the best. I don't know what you gotta say about it, but I think it's unfair for her to be facing um. this criticism.
1: It's, it's, it's extremely unfair for her to be taking backlash because not only, and it's, it's it's for me, it's like a lot of people that are talking about this and talking in a bat upon her name. It's not only the fact that they're men, but they're white men. Like they have no idea exactly what, what she's going through in her head. And I was like, I saw somebody say, Imagine if Michael Jordan quit on this team, and everybody's like, He did. He went to play baseball for a couple of years, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like. Do they not realize what they're saying before they're saying it? They don't.
0: They don't. Um, but Simone Biles, like I said, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you. You know what I'm saying? Mental health is a real thing. So I'm glad you you know, deciding to do, you know, quick, so you know, take a break from what you love and to focus on your mental health, because that's, that's truly important.
1: And not only that, it's just like she's so good at what she does that when she does the moves named after her, they deduct points from her.
0: She's amazing.
1: <laughs> that shouldn't
0: happen. Uh, let's, let's move on to real quick to the NFL. Let's talk about uh, a couple of guys uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, we kind of had a feeling he would be back. Um, we all thought it was cap pretty much <laughs> in simplest terms, we thought it was cap like we knew he was gonna come back, bro. And he pretty much waited to the final hour to, you know, report to training camp. But today he had a press conference. We said a lot of interesting things and why he was upset. And I actually feel him on this because Aaron Rodgers has been with the Green Bay Packers for 16 years. He's been the quarterback for 13, starting quarterback for 13 of those years. And he was just talking about how his frustrations came from the organization letting guys go like Charles Woodson, a Jordy Nelson, um a James Jones, just Clay several Matthews. guys. Several, would you say? Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews, um, even Randall Cobb, several, and he obviously he's back now, but several guys who were great locker room guys great leaders, great example, not just on the field, but in the locker room, great leaders and the leadership that, you know, can shed that knowledge to the next generation of players. He was more so upset that, you know, it's not like they were letting these guys walk. It's not not like they were just, it's not like they were having negotiations. Negotiations was all, and they're letting these guys walk out the door. They were just letting these guys walk out of the door without even talking to them, without even consulting Aaron Rodgers. Didn't they cut play Matthews? What'd you say?
1: Didn't they
0: cut Clay Matthews? They did. They did. So it's it's tough, and I understand where he's coming from because it's like I'm Aaron Rodgers, and he also said, you know, guys, they don't come here. They don't come to Green Bay for vacation. They come here to play with me. They want to play for a Hall of Fame quarterback. They want to play on my team. So I feel him because he has the right to be upset and frustrated because he's he's Aaron Rodgers. Like he's freaking Aaron Rodgers, bro. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever. Step on a football field like before Patrick Mahomes came along. Like we're like, oh my God, we never say anything like Aaron Rodgers. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's that it's, it's to that extent. And I feel him because it's like you would think if you're a star player, you would at least get consulted. He didn't want no final say. He just wanted stuff to be ran by him, which he rightfully deserves. He's an MVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback. He deserved that type of stuff. Um, what do you make of him being back? And what do you make of that press conference?
1: Um. That press conference, it was it, it really spoke to I know you and me, but um, yeah I thought he was gonna be back, but this is kind of one of the weirdest things of him being back. He said I'm only gonna be back on one condition. I get to pick where I play next year, mm-hmm. and to me I'm like, if you're the Packers, what do you get back in a trade for Aaron Rodgers if he says like just just for instance, um, I want to be in Denver. Or I want to be. Somewhere. I want to be in I wanna be in DC. Like what well, so you called them and then they're just like, Oh yeah, we'll give you a third because he doesn't even want to be there. It's like I don't know what they get back for him at this point.
0: I don't know either. Um, another quarterback who was back, we got Deshaun Watson back reporting to the Texans. And it's like, I don't know if you saw it, but it's like allegations are coming out ag- again. It's just the allegations are throwing me. I don't want to get too too deep into it, but the allegations are throwing me off because it's like, bro, like things were quiet for a while. He yeah. demanding a trade. Allegations come out. He goes ghost for months. He reports to camp. More allegations. Like it's just throwing me off, and it's totally unfair. But he's back. You know, he's been a professional. He still doesn't want to be there, but he's he's being a professional. And what do you think about Deshaun Watson being back? How long do you think this will last? First of all,
1: um, to be completely, I think this will last a long. Like when I mean a long time, I mean just a long time in football days. Not like a long time, like not like a couple years. Because like their asking price right now is five high draft picks, which could be four first and one second, and then on top of that, multiple st- multiple starting caliber players. That is a lot for one player. I mean Deshaun Watson. You can argue he's the third best quarterback in the league all right but i think this will be going over long until about like the trade deadline and then some team will pounce on him like even if he doesn't play this year they're like oh we still got sean watson to fall back on next year like i think it will last until if he doesn't get traded during preseason to the trade deadline because he's i believe him when he said he's not showing back up to the Texans.
0: i do too i'm gonna take him at his word
1: um
0: Another disgruntled player. There's yo. There's so many disgruntled players coming. I'm not going to spend time on Chandler. Wait,
1: Chand- this is the last thing I want to say. If he does show back up to the Texans, the Texans go from one and sixteen to
0: three and fourteen. You heard it here first by Bank Fatino. You know, uh, there's another disgruntled player. I don't really want to talk about um, Chandler Jones. I feel, I feel like the the Cardinals will get things done. He's also since reported to camp, but another one. Um, who requested a trade last night? It's Xavier Howard, the all Cowboy, from, oh my God. <laughs> All Pro cornerback of the Miami Dolphins. Um, he has said in his trade request that it's not about his current contract, but it's more so about the guaranteed money which he asked the Dolphins for, and the Dolphins basically said, "F you," <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They pretty much said that, and he wants to He wants more guaranteed money. Which I feel like he deserves. I'm not gonna say he's the best cornerback, but if we're going by interceptions, it's in top plays, he's the best cornerback. He's the best cornerback. I'm not saying no pure cover corner, but as far as takeaways and
1: plays two two years he stayed healthy out of the last three like league in picks. You ex- can't
0: really see them. Exactly, 90. bro. Exactly. <laughs> he had a ridiculous interception against the Chiefs last year. Like bro's a baller. He's top five. Jalen Ramsey, who I think is the best cornerback in the league, said Xavier Howard is amongst his top five corners in the league, and like I said, I think Jalen Ramsey is the best. I'm going to take him as his word, and he deserves the guaranteed money that he's asking for. Guy's a baller. What do you think? I believe Xavier be Howard will get
1: traded, and if you want to get my honest opinion, I think the teams, I, I honestly think uh, uh, Xavier Howard, for a guy you alluded to, Chandler Jones swap would be very nice for both teams. Mm. Um, I think he gives the Dolphins pass rush that they desperately need, especially with Xavier Howard gone. They still got Byron Jones, who's a great corner, you know, what team he used to play for. Um, <laughs> um, but the Cardinals, they need somebody else. They need somebody else in the secondary other than Buddha Baker, who can actually make a play. Um, another team that I think is gonna be very interested in him is the Chiefs. And if I have to give a third team, it's the Saints, but I just don't know how he gets to the Saints without them giving up one of their major players. And the 49ers
0: don't have the capital, which I think would be the most ideal fit. You no know does have the capital though? Watch out for the Chargers. You no know, you no know does have the capital, no? the Washington football team. Throwing a D tackle or two, a couple picks.
1: You use that as a metaphor too. <laughs> I'm dead
0: <laughs> Couple picks. <laughs> yeah, man, we throwing high uh, nineties. <laughs> yeah, he goes there. Y'all, y'all
1: might win the division.
0: Might, yeah.
1: <laughs> might. There's a team in Texas.
0: Yeah, uh, we got
1: yeah,
0: a tough schedule. Tough schedule. I'm gonna just see that there. But I feel like we covered everything, bro.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did we? We covered everything.
1: Everything.
0: I've cover everything besides, like, a Bradley bill, which is, like, a mini topic.
1: Wait, here's one thing I want to say. Because Kelvin Benjamin, he just got cut. Got
0: cut. I'm not talking <laughs> about that, but you can go
1: ahead. <laughs> no, so, apparently, he he came into Giants camp at two... Well, not came into Giants camp, but he was signed with the Giants. He was 268 pounds. They told him to get down to 251. He weighed in today at 265 and left the facility with a biscuit, I heard. Or at least some type of food. So...
0: I don't think that's true,
1: but they said is he stormed out and grabs and stole some food, but I don't know if that part is true. I believe they stormed out <laughs> <laughs> They say he stormed out and stole some yeah, yeah.
0: food. I don't got much else. Um, cause there's not too much going on. The Olympics are going on. Team USA say basketball is trash. I know they beat Iran, but they're forty one point favorites. I don't don't care. I don't give a
1: damn. You know what I
0: played like a fast team that be no what, what I care about is um Greg Popovich's outdated coaching schemes. You can't have a team, the team with this much offensive firepower run freaking Spurs concepts. It's just not gonna work out for you too well. This team needs to run a football style of play, get quick stops, and easy buckets in transition. I'll just say that and leave it there. Um I feel like I was about to say something else, but I don't know. Um, um, Major League Baseball is going on. It's in full effect. Um, the playoffs oh. months. Um Shout out to Fernando Tatis Jr. Shout out to Shohei Otani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, the future is definitely bright for baseball. A trade deadline is approaching. Um, Joey Gallo, um, outfielder from the uh, Texas Rangers, got traded to the Yankees. Starling Marte. Um, from the Marlins, is gonna trade to the athletics. It's a lot of moving parts going on in baseball, but I've been watching baseball a lot lately. And- it, Michael it, Thomas is
1: out. That's what I was thinking
0: about. would you say? Oh, Michael Thomas? Posting this yeah, new uh, elected to get the surgery um, just now. Yeah, um, I'm curious to see what that's gonna look like.
1: Sean Payne sounded mad in this past conference about Michael Thomas today.
0: Yeah, I did see that. We're gonna see, man, it's gonna be interesting. But um, I wanna thank everybody for listening. Wanna thank everybody for the continued love and support. This is episode number 170, man. I'm here brought my guy, 15-year-old Phenom Binks, wanna be 16-year-old Phenom, brought him back. Um, he'll be 16 in a couple of months, guys, so stay tuned. I don't know if 16-year-old Phenom is gonna stick as much <laughs> as 14 and 15, even 13 stick. But I'm gonna figure something out, man. If y'all got something for me, hit my phone, let me know in the comments, man, What should, what is, I should call him next. But if you made it to this episode, to the end of this episode, obviously you're amazing, and I truly, truly appreciate your support. Um, ben Ganey, final words.
1: Um, no, thank you for
0: having me. Well, sure, appreciate it, man. You know, it's never a problem having you on. But yeah, that's it, man. I want to thank everybody for listening. A um, new generation of players in the NBA will be born tomorrow. So that is it. We are signing out. Episode number one seventy is done. I appreciate you guys for the love and support. I love you guys. Goodbye. Until next time. Peace out.